Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach to Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Dave Lenick. Dave, are you ready to do this? Absolutely, George. Never been ready for anything in my life. <laughs> Excellent. Let's do this. Dave is a New York attorney, a senior editor at wealthmanagement.com, and an associate legal editor at Trust and Estates Magazine. Excited to have you on. Dave, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Oh, sure thing, George. Uh, you know, when I graduated law school, I didn't quite, uh, the plan wasn't necessarily to get into publishing, but it's funny how uh, life sometimes pushes you into exactly the right position. I uh, worked in sort of reinsurance for a while after graduating law school and then sort of contracting around, but the one constant that I always did on the side and that I always was interested in was in estate planning, especially, you know, amongst the LGBTQ community, which was where a lot of the interesting opportunities were, especially for pro bono work. Um, uh, in the era sort of before uh, gay marriage sort of came into the picture. Um, there's still a lot of opportunities there now, but they're a little less um, exciting in a way than, than they used to be. Um, I you know, would have gone directly into estate planning, but sort of when you're 25, that's uh, you know, going into the death business is something that's a little tough to wrap your brain <laughs> right. And I think that sort of transitions a little bit into is why estate planning is important because it's sort of for anyone, it's, the death business is kind of hard to wrap your head around, but that doesn't make it any less necessary to, to you know, sort of come to terms with. Yeah, there's no two ways about that, and it's something that we're all eventually going to have to deal with. So it will not go away. Yes. Um, death and taxes, and uh, you know, the state planning deals with both. And we were talking um, just before we started the show about how, how you – position something, how you frame something is so important because if you published an article that said, you know, five quick tips on estate planning, people are probably not going to be clicking on that unless they have a really dire need for it. But if you if you frame it or package it a certain way that's a little bit more interesting, that's how you're probably going to get people to to hopefully consume what is incredibly important information. So is there a are there certain topics that, that you like to use that you're drawn to because you enjoy it in, in, in your life in general? Oh, certainly. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big nerd. So, <laughs> you know, anything, comic books, video games, uh, movies, sort of, that's my wheelhouse. And I think uh, in a weird way, the zeitgeist has come to me. And uh, people are you know, interested in Game of Thrones and Marvel movies. All of a sudden, I can talk about dragons at work and not be a psycho. <laughs> so um, that's those kind of things are a perfect opportunity. Um and the whole point of that is not to trick people into thinking about estate planning. It's sort of just to get them in the door because these topics seem scary, but in reality, they're not, for the vast majority of people at least, they're not nearly as scary and complex as uh, you would think they were if you just didn't give it a chance. Yeah, I think yeah. that it's definitely one of those things that when you start talking about estate planning, it is very intimidating. It, it you know, it's it's uncomfortable because maybe I don't know what it is or who knows. So, but but I do think like most other, most everything else in life, once you start to peel back everything and and you talk to somebody who can explain it to you, then it's not that hard to understand. So fundamentally, when you say estate planning, what what are you talking about? Well, I'm glad you're asking this because this is sort of the main issue currently that faces sort of the vast majority of people with estate planning is that they have no idea what it actually is. So when you say estate planning to someone, 
people think of basically two things. They either think of a will, just the document of a will, or they think that it's for trying to, you know, bilk taxes. <laughs> like those are the kind of the two right. sides of it. Um, as it's become sort of a political issue, um, that sort of that tax part of it, the, the, you know, the, They've done a good job of sort of demonizing the estate taxes, sort of the death tax. And so that that sticks in people's minds, even though the vast majority of Americans really don't interact with the estate tax in that way and don't really need to worry about it in their estate planning. Um, and for others, you know, they think about it as a will. And that's a small part of it. But that in a lot of ways is one of the least important parts of the process in the same way that, you know, estate planning is a plan, not just a, a document. And the same way that your financial plan is, is a, an overarching plan not just one investment. Okay. So, and and I definitely agree. I think that when I think about estate planning, I think about those documents probably, probably first and foremost, wills, trusts, powers of attorney, things like that. But it certainly makes sense when you say it like that, that those are just pieces to the actual plan. So you even just mentioned powers of attorney. Those are sort of things that are some of the most important estate planning documents that people don't think about. Mm-hmm. Um, these sort of because they don't necessarily a power of attorney doesn't necessarily deal directly with your death, right? So that they're not they're not thinking of, a lot of people don't draw the parallel there between sort of a power of attorney, a healthcare proxy, um, a living will. Um, these sorts or these are all estate planning documents and sort of elder care documents, which sort of falls under the umbrella of estate planning um, that are super useful and super necessary and not very difficult to put into place, but amazingly invaluable once they're there. And I, I would I would have to imagine that there's so few people that actually have them and put them in place, or if they do, then, Absolutely. then they don't the big, tell anybody about it. Yeah. So the, the issue of with estate planning, the best thing for people to do in terms of estate planning is is just it's a problem of even addressing it. It's not even a matter of techniques. You know, it's not well, what should I do this and that. If you're at that point, you're already so far ahead of the curve that you're doing great. But for the vast majority of people, it's just just even thinking about it. Is, is sort of like a huge step and a big advantage. Okay. So why is it important? What's what what's the downside to not doing it? Uh, well, unlike a lot, I think a lot of the other stuff you might talk about in your show, the downside isn't necessarily directly monetary. Um, it can it very often ultimately becomes highly monetary. But in estate planning, you're dealing with sort of um, family dynamics often and interpersonal dynamics that you can't really appreciate the tenuousness of until you see them in a time of crisis. And so certainly, you know, you may assume that when something happens to someone, you know exactly what's going to go on. You know exactly how your brother is going to react. You know exactly how your coworker is going to react. You know exactly, you feel like you know the people you know. You feel like you know how they're going to react. And often that's not the case. And that, that's not an indictment of your knowledge of, of, your, of your loved ones. Sure. It's just the natural way of things. In a crisis, people react differently. And the best thing you can have in a crisis is a plan. And um, you know, having an estate plan in place can sort of give everyone a baseline plan to follow. And it doesn't have to be you know, to the letter most of the time, but it can just be like, okay, this is roughly what this person wanted. And our varying ideas of who this person was, and now we're spitballing their desires and their intents from our sort of idealized memory of them, which is very individual, and having to sort of reconcile it with everyone else in their life's idealized memory of this person. And the one person who could clear all this up is the one person who's not there. Right. And as we know, if it's from a movie or or just whatever, or personal experience, whenever the when things go sideways and you're trying to make decisions about what mom or dad would want, that can oftentimes 
tear families apart. So having and that is where place. the sort of that monetary element comes in, right? Where the fight may have, may not necessarily your mom and dad maybe didn't have a lot of money, but you're also dealing with you know deep seated issues and and, th- and things that have you know sentimental value, and that seems silly, but sentimental value is a very powerful force. And so, you know, I, I, you, you can have big legal fights that start over something as small as, you know, I thought I would get dad's baseball glove from when he played Little League. You know, these sorts of silly seeming things all of a sudden can become very important and can be sort of used to lever open these otherwise small cracks in the family dynamic if they aren't addressed and taken care of. And it's important to note that a lot of the way these things are addressed in estate planning is not is through the discussions that happen while the person is alive and in the formulation of the plan and the inclusion of your loved ones in the making of the plan and not just dumping the plan on them out of you know out of a desk drawer that they didn't even know about right not making it some kind of a dramatic reveal where nobody exactly. has any idea <laughs> it's a very collaborative process when it's done correctly okay well i think that that makes sense are there certain core elements that that just you can sort of Here's what a, a basic estate planning process looks like. Here's the items to be thinking about. Here's the people that should be engaged in these conversations. Absolutely. I mean, the people who should be engaged in the conversations are your closest loved ones. So, for most people, that's the nuclear family. You know what I mean? You're, uh, you know, unless you have, you know, some of those close, close cousins or someone who's involved. And it's hard to generalize about these things because estate because because families are so unique, especially now, um, that every estate plan is sort of its own unique snowflake in a way because you, it's hard to tell what people are going to care about. In terms of the hard documents, like, uh, yes, a will. I know I just denigrated the role of a will earlier, but that is sort of a very good jumping off point. Um, the problem people, most people face is that they, they stop at that. And um, that's maybe, I mean, that's definitely not the best place to stop. That's the place to start. And then you start with the will, and then you expand it out into, you know, these sort of the healthcare proxies and these ideas of the things that you're going to, or a living will, or the things that will take care of you while you're still alive, but maybe not able to take care of yourself. And then through talking about those things and then you bring in your family and they can talk about, well, you know, sometimes it seems ghoulish, but what do you want in the, you know, from our stuff? What do you care about of our things? You know, with elderly, especially with older parents, you know, that seems like a ghoulish conversation, but it's kind of a conversation you have to have um, just to see where everyone's priorities are. And because it's uncomfortable and because, you know, everyone's family and no one wants to seem like they have their hand out, a lot of times people will wave it off and be like, we're okay with anything. And a lot of times they don't mean that. Right. Got it. Okay. And so talking about the financial piece, talking about here's, here's our stuff, who wants what kind of a thing. It's, it's, it's tricky to talk about, but it's so important to talk about. But what about also the, those end of life issues? Well, and that's another, just because it's very difficult to think about, right? I mean, I speak, I'll I'll share a personal anecdote that this was, I was already had a strong interest in state planning before this, but you know, my own father, my mother and father, you know, he went into a coma. And he was in a coma for five days before we figured out how to take him off of life support. He was brain dead for five days. My mother and father had been married for 30 years. And, but they didn't have a healthcare proxy. And they didn't have, you know, they had a will, but they didn't have the proper planning documents placed. My dad didn't have a living will, so we didn't know what to do. And legally, we, even though they were married, you would assume she would be automatically allowed to make decisions for him, but that's not the way the law works in every state. So in situations like that, now that's obviously an extreme example. Um, but if you're looking at a married couple of 30 years who all of a sudden don't have the rights that they thought they had. And that's not a mistake of the law. That's people not looking into the law. It was my parents' fault that this happened this way. I mean, it's hard to look at it that way because it's a catastrophe and a, and a crisis. And that's what makes a lot of these things so explosive is that it's hard to look at it. Your planning failure is what led to this. 
you know. Um, but for most people, these sort of end of life decisions are a little bit further removed from the actual end of life, right? It's, it's as your parents age, do they, are they okay with going to a home? Most people want to age in place, but a lot of times that's really in practice, not the best idea. And it's a conversation that really needs to be had while the person is still lucid and can still really, you know, sort of even headedly weigh the pros and cons. Because if you're starting to do this stuff when people are starting to slip a little bit, it's already way too late. And you're not really dealing with the same person. So these are the sort of quote unquote end of life questions. When you're talking about end of life, you're now you're kind of talking about the last 20, 30 years of life. Right. As opposed to just what happens when they're about to die. And there's a lot, you know, especially with medical care extending lifespans, there's a lot that can go on, and a lot of options that people have that they maybe weren't considering when they're 40. And then all of a sudden these questions come up when they're perhaps mentally at their least capable of answering them. And so having these conversations beforehand and getting some documents in place, at least that get your wishes on record, can really help guide when other people have to step in and make decisions and can really help prevent the sort of strife that can happen when it's like, well, who's going to make this decision? Who's the final word? Right. You know, it's so interesting with the advances in healthcare and I think changes that we'll be seeing over the next five, 10, the foreseeable future, how important it is to really stay on top of, of your estate planning and certainly your documents and everything else. So... Well, how do you counsel people to get started with this? Or how do you recommend people get started? Uh, well, the first thing is just to realize that you need it. Um, there's, there's obviously that mental block. Um, but then in terms of actually like the mechanics of it, generally it, some estate planning touches so many areas of financial and wealth planning that if you have any kind of professional that you deal with, now most people I'm assuming don't have an estate planning attorney that they just know. And that's not someone you just run into on the street. Um, but they're also not as rare as it seems. And, you know, generally, if you have a financial advisor or especially if you have a CPA um, or any other sort of someone who's doing your taxes, those are really great resources just to mention to them, hey, you know, when you when you go in in April to say, hey, I'm thinking about estate planning because I listened to this great podcast. And, you know, uh, what, what do I do? And I guarantee you that that CPA or that or that financial planner will have a recommendation to point you in the right direction. So. Generally, the best way to find an estate planning attorney is to, is, is to just consult the professionals that you already know, that you may already have in place. Got it. Okay. And I would have, to, you know, just understanding that it's going to be an uncomfortable process because you probably never talk to your parents about this, or if you talk, if you're the parent, you've probably never talked to your kids about this kind of stuff, and yeah. just committing to it. Yeah. If you think about like a lot of the, 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 there's a lot of talk about like the conversation of when to take the keys away. You know, sure. another this <laughs> right. is like the version of that ratcheted to 11 a lot of the times. But also, the more you talk about it, it's only really like that when you're trying to get everyone in the room to bring it up. Once people begin talking about it, in a way, it's like a really weird sort of therapy um, where everyone kind of gets their stuff on the table and you can kind of nip a lot of things in the bud long before they ever even thought of becoming an issue. And it's a lot of stuff that you never would have thought to address directly because it hasn't really, you know, maybe even the person didn't realize that this bothered them or that they cared so much about X piece of furniture for some reason. Yeah. I have to imagine that, uh, that a lot of odd things can sometimes be uncovered. So it's never know. And particularly now, I mean, when we're dealing with more and more sort of the idea of a blended family, um, which is really sort of, I mean, almost basically half of families now through, you know, through divorce or through, you know, um, same sex marriage or through adoption, you end up with these very complex families now. They're just calling something a family is its own. You know, what's that definition mean? Um, so you have these things where, like, it used to be people would rely on sort of blood bonds to keep them together, you know? 
And um, that was foolish in the first place and is sort of even more foolish now because in most families, there's tons of people involved who don't have blood bonds or who have half blood bonds. And there's all these sort of – and then you remove the one person from the web who's sort of tying all these people together and they have really no allegiance to each other anymore after that person's taken out of the equation in a lot of respects. So it's definitely um, good to – to address those in many families, if you think about your family, I bet you can look at people like, wow, if this person was just plucked out, you know, this part of the family would kind of just fall off, you know, and we wouldn't see them much, and then we wouldn't have the same connection. Right. Well, Dave, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Well, my difference-making tip is to just think about it. Just even, even if you don't do anything, just thinking about estate planning is the, the immediately leg, leg up on the vast majority of other people. You know, sure, you can go online, you know, if, and, 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 you know, do like a legal Zoom situation as a lawyer. I'm, you know, I'm sort of, you know, professionally obligated to say that's a bad idea, but it's definitely better than nothing. And it's definitely, you know, treat it like WebMD, right? You can treat it as sort of a, a jumping off point to actually completing your estate plan instead of something that you just close the book on or use to like obsess about and get yourself crazy. So just think about it and prepare yourself to take the important step because that's really the hardest part of all of this is, is just taking that first step. Once it's in action, then things will roll a little naturally. And especially once you bring a professional into the equation, they will hold your hand and help you through so much of this. And uh, they've done it a million times and they've seen everything and they're dealing with people in their worst moments and they can handle it and they will help you handle it. But it's just taking that very first moment is the most difficult and most important thing to do. Well, that is great stuff that definitely gets a come on. Come on. Dave, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? You can uh, read my stuff at uh, www.wealthmanagement.com. Uh, the site is a little more targeted to, towards professionals uh, in the financial field, but um, you know the professionals probably don't want to admit that, that a lot of the sort of same concepts can be just as useful for your everyday person. Um, you know they hold the keys to the city, but a lot of this, you know, what happens in the city is totally understandable by you know your run-of-the-mill guy. Um, so come check us out there. Uh, that's really it. That's what you can get me at. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Dave your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to wealthmanagement.com and check out all of his articles. Like we said at the top, he does a great job of of framing them and uh, I think taking difficult to understand, sometimes intimidating topics and making them easy to understand and even fun. So thank you again, Dave. Thank you, George. It's been a pleasure. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!